hello and welcome to another edition of the Rambo Mumblings, an Apple-based podcast covering all the news, reviews, rumours, speculation, gadgets and, well, anything else we like to uh, cover in the podcast, really. Coming up in this show, we've got news about Amazon, Netflix, Apple Live TV, Carl gets his dream of a rose gold MacBook, the iPhone SE starts to get a bit constricted, Android phones offering Apple AirPlay, and a little bit about Apple and the so-called car, MacBook Air, and Dumbass of the Week. The good news is that once again, I'm not alone this week, and I have more regulars from the Mac and Fall show with me this week. So without further ado, let me introduce the guests, starting with Mr. Barry Gentleman. How are you, sir? I am not too bad at all, sir. Not too bad at all. Um, just pre-show, I was just saying to Carl, I'm, I'm putting together a list of people at work I'm going to uh, destroy uh, when I go postal. But yeah, the, you know, the, the sort of people I mean, the sort of people who just will get on a conference call and feel that in order to make a contribution, they will just repeat what somebody else has just said again. What like somebody else has just said again? Oh, you people. <laughs> yep. We've got exactly the same situation in my workplace where somebody gets told to do something, let's say, oh, press this button. And as the person who's just told them walks out of the room, they shout, okay, yeah, what I'll do is I'm, I'm going to press this button and go ahead and do that. Or you get even worse where you get the sub manager responding to an email that the manager sent as again, what happened this week? We got a, an, an email from our big boss saying, you know, well done everyone. You've all worked really, really hard. Congratulations. Then the sub manager puts in her two pennies worth going, yes, just to echo the big boss's sentiments. Well done, but we can't take our foot off the pace. We need to keep our eye on the ball and we need to keep pushing harder and keep moving forward completely undoing all the, the praise and undulation, adulation, I should say, for all the hard work that we've done. Ah, good grief. Anyway, up with us next is Mr. Carl Madden from the Mac and Four Show, who, for a Friday, is surprisingly sober. I know, yeah. I'm trying to I'm trying to get fit again. I won't be sober after this show. I just didn't, because I've been drinking all week long, I didn't want to suddenly drink and then it affect me, and then I talk even more nonsense than I normally speak. How was your week anyway? Because as far as I could tell, it was a bit of a disaster. Not bad. Uh, actually, Carl, everything was, well, pretty hunky-dory, well, really. Um, not quite sure what you mean, really. I was, think- I was thinking more along the lines of a certain story on the website, uh, i.e. the show last week. Because you managed to do a wonderful like des- description of the show and all the links and all that with one, just one tiny little link missing. I think the main thing we've got to uh, really look at here is the quality of the article that was posted in the... Th- but what was that little link that was missing? I don't think we should concentrate on what was missing, more the quality of what was in there. And <laughs> I think the, the overall quality was what? brilliant. And what? if we... What was the link that was missing, Mark? What was most important is that we have to say to ourselves, we've made mistakes and we've learned from them. i this week. But what was the link missing, Mark? Okay, the, I might have missed a link to the actual podcast show. <laughs> yes, I know, I know. Of all the things you're going to miss okay. out from a show, maybe having a link to the actual episode where you could download it and view it might have been somewhat handy. Yes. 
But let's not dwell on that. Let's go straight into the first story. And Amazon opens up Prime Video. Stop laughing, Carl. Amazon, Amazon opens up Prime Video for monthly subscribers. For those of you in the USA and Canada, you can now, well, you will be able to get Amazon Prime music, music, video, and TV streaming, all for a monthly figure instead of having to pay up front. So my question is to you guys, do you guys use Amazon Prime primarily for the music, video, and TV streaming, or did you just do you just use it because it offers you free delivery? So, uh... Carl, we'll go over to you first on this one. I, no, I used to, I, I originally got it for the shopping, uh, the shipping, I should say. I mean, yes, the amount of stuff I have to, I check every single time. Every time I buy something from Amazon, I check and see if it's got the Prime option. And if it has, yeah, click on that because I get it in the next day free of charge. It's fantastic. Obviously, we don't want to look too closely at their working practices for some of their staff because then we all feel like evil 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 people so um but you take put that aside um yeah the streaming stuff is good it's, it's come a long way since they, they started off because it was a bit i remember when it started out it was a bit ropey you had to watch it on the web browser uh and i'm not sure what codec it was or what what sort of streaming service it was using but it was it was very hard to find anything it was very hard to watch anything of course then they brought out their own fire tv and it vastly improved unless your name is barry because his one didn't work <laughs> but um, no, I mean, if it works, it's fine. My, my one's gone wrong a few times, but a quick reboot fixes it. Um, a bit like the Apple TV, actually. But uh, no, I mean, they've obviously put some money into their uh, own content as well, which is starting to, sh- you know, I, I, didn't they win some a series of awards last week, uh, last year, sorry, for the trans, mm, I've the name of the darn show, trans something. <laughs> No one jump in to help me out, please. (laughs) Just let me hang there. Just let me hang there. That's it. Transgender? I think it might actually be, uh, what's it called? Transparent? There you go. There you go. So that won lots of awards. And, of course, uh, they recently had uh, um, (laughs) High Castle um, as well, which uh, is meant to be fantastic. I've I've only watched the first episode because I found it so depressing. But uh, everyone, a lot of other people I know uh, really rate it. But yeah, where's the app? Where is the app? I mean, because they said they would take in Google's Chromecast out of the Amazon store and they were taking Apple TV out of the Amazon store. This is before the Apple TV 4 dropped. Because uh, they said none of these things play well with um, Prime streaming and stuff, which is not the case because they both stream. You can, get, you can stream your stuff as far as I know to the to the Chromecast. Um, it's been a while before since I checked. And obviously you can stream from your phone, your iPhone or iPad, from the Amazon app to your Apple TV. But now, with the introduction of the Apple TV 4, there's nothing stopping Amazon, if they so wished, to produce an app, which you know someone in that organization said they were doing back in December. But as you say, to date, nothing. So what about you, Barry? Are you a prolific uh, Twitcher, streamer youtuber gamer or whatever it is you crazy kids are calling yourselves these days oh i like i like youtuber that's uh that sounds pretty cool i'm down with the i'm, I'm very street being a youtuber well let's face it youtube is just for the adhd riddle generation who don't have an attention span of anything more than about 10 minutes apparently yeah, pl- plenty of cat videos though, which are obviously you know fun, fun to see. Um, so, so if I've got this, this, so this Prime 
the prime monthly thing. So is this just purely a video subscription service? It's not just not do you not get the prime delivery thing with that as well? No. So they're splitting it up as far as I'm aware, because uh you can you can but thing is I'm I'm not sure how it works out price wise, because I think I pay about 75, 80 quid for the prime shipping. Um so, but if you start doubling up how much, or working out how much, um, seven pound ninety nine, or we well, we haven't got a UK price, have we? Because uh, funny, because I thought this was already available in the UK. Because Tony, uh, Tone from um, the Airwave Show, I'm sure he said to me that he was already just subscribing the video, subscribing to the video. But perhaps I got I got the wrong end of the stick with that. Um, yeah. yeah. It does. It seems like you say you're not. You don't be paying twice. So if you're already, if you've already got a a yearly prime service where you take the delivery as well. Yeah, but then you you've already got streaming. Yeah, it's already so part it, of your package. So so this is people who don't want to pay for the um the one off cost. It's uh, it is an okay. upfront cost if you get prime yeah. shipping. Um. So you know. So I'm I'm not. I've never been an Amazon. Prime. I, well, no, let me get this straight. So, I I chip in with um, a guy from work. He had, you know, I'm on his friends and family Prime delivery list, but he get he takes the the video service because it's all under his his name. So I just get I just get a discounted Prime delivery system, which which suits me very well. Um, I am a Netflix customer. And what what I what I've heard about about the two is that Amazon I don't I don't know but it's, it's it is said on the street where the YouTubers hang that um, Amazon has more is more up to date with with box sets and Netflix kind of lags behind a little bit apart from obviously the stuff they've produced themselves. So I don't, I don't know. Have you, have you found that? No, I don't. Well, not in the UK anyway. I, I tend to find that they get movies quicker it seems to me but um when it actually comes to old box sets that they i think they what happens if if you look through their catalog it's very easy to get confused because they mix their stuff that you can rent and stuff that is accessible by prime all together and the only thing that differentiates them is a little sticker in the top left hand corner that says prime so you know sometimes if you're just looking through the amazon catalog it looks like they've got most up-to-date films going of course they're missing the prime sticker so you've got to rent them or buy them um so that is that is something to be aware of when you're just browsing amazon's store but uh, I, I don't know i think it's pretty much of a muchness i mean they're all going after content as soon as it becomes available from these various places like the bbc and 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 various american channels and they're obviously now starting to finance their own stuff like you know amazon i'm sure come winter when um or autumn whatever it is when Top Gear or whatever the replace whatever they're calling it you know the the three guys from Top Gear come onto Amazon I'm sure they're going to plug the hell out of that in Britain and they're probably by then this service will hopefully be available to people over here because I can't imagine you know people having to ship out <laughs> uh, spend to get a shipping thing just so they can what go and watch the um the Top Gear guys yeah but um yeah one thing. That's got me wondering is just how cheap video is when you compare it to things like music because Apple Music and Spotify is $9.99 a month and yet video, which obviously has a much, much higher 
demand on your internet connection, on the amount of data that's being pushed and pulled and sent all over the place, it still boggles my mind how video has become cheaper than music. So have we just gotten into a stage where we've just sort of gotten used to movies being and TV shows being so cheap that when the price goes up to maybe what it should be, maybe we've had the, the luxury of a introductory offer so long in this subscription-based world, can we adjust to things going up and down in price, which is what is going to happen when we start using subscription-based pricing? And let's face it, this is the way that the internet is going right now. Because if you look at all the major apps out there, like Adobe, um, blimey, mine's gone blank, uh, Adobe, uh, obviously Microsoft, Blogo, uh, and of course Text Expander, are all going subscription only. So are we seeing the start of a subscription-based internet, maybe? I, th- I think so. I think they can... Um, they started out so cheap when they, when they, they, they kicked off. Um, and it's always one of those things where I thought, oh, God, how are they managing to do... I still have no idea how Netflix serves the globe. As far as I know, you know, when it reaches the evening, about 75% of the internet is just Netflix files going backwards and forwards around the, you know, the globe or, or in Britain or America even more so. But... Uh, yeah, they. You know, I don't get that package. I get the the, the ultimate HD package because it allows more people onto your onto your profile. So I've got now it shares out to three boxes in this house, and it also shares out to my dad um, in in his house as well. So we can all get Netflix because I was paying for two private like basic accounts. So I thought, why am I doing that? It's cheaper to go the other option. But uh, yeah, I mean, he loves Netflix. He goes, he moans that there's nothing on there that he wants to watch because I think he thinks because he's old now you know he's 70 it's his birthday no more he's 71 or something and I think he thinks as soon as it appears as soon as he sees it advertised on ITV or something it should be on Netflix but of course his expectations were a little bit too high with that one but <laughs> uh, yeah so he's gradually coming around he will search through uh, it's, it's one of those weird things there are a few discovery things out there now on the web um like new on Netflix, for example, uh, you can search and see what's brand new on Netflix. Because one of the ones, one of the problems of Netflix and Amazon as well, uh, I think it's new on Amazon as well. If you go and search for it. dot com, is is when they do updates, and that seems to be every Monday, and they definitely do it on the first of the month, and you suddenly get this influx of new content, and you think, well, how do I how do I find it? And you can sort of scroll through and do it that way if you want, but that's not very, you know, easy to do or intuitive. So these services exist and you can go on and see all the new stuff on Netflix and Amazon and it makes you it makes you get more bang for your buck. Yeah, maybe, maybe, I wonder if they're ever going to um, get, because if, they, if they, they're going to increase their prices, that, that's, that's, a, that's a given. That's going to happen. And like Mark said, there is, what, what is going to be the cutoff point? Because when you, when you look at, um, Look at Netflix. Look at Amazon, and you think, okay, well, for for streaming, what is effectively, you know, ninety nine percent old content, mm. and a few self produced new bits and pieces. There's that price, but then when you look at the sort of money that that Sky and BT and that charge for, oh, don't give me time for licensed, uh, like proper licensed, for example, sporting content. Do you think Netflix will ever get get to a stage where they say, "Well, you know what? We're we're now going to start bidding for this stuff, like live, try and go live rather than just..." Um... Yeah, I mean, I've I've often wondered why they're still 
haven't done that. Maybe it's just purely finances, but you know, and and not necessarily Netflix or or, or Amazon. But you've got the big boys. You've got Google, Microsoft, and and obviously Apple as well. And they could all be. They could take the Premier League off Sky or whoever in a heartbeat, as long as it's up for renewal. They've got the cash to completely obliterate anything Murdoch wants to give them, if they so wished. If they think you know that would be will sell more of their boxes. But it's 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 just one of those things. You might get into some sort of monopoly thing, but I don't see why. But uh, yeah, I mean Netflix have got the option. They can, as you say, they can keep producing old content for such and such a price. And for me personally, that price will be when it goes up beyond what a DVD costs, like a brand new DVD, like fifteen, sixteen quid, for example, uh, Blu-ray. I mean. What I find interesting was a rumor from a few years ago that Sky were sorry that Apple were looking to maybe buy the premiership rights, and that would have been uh, a bit interesting. But none of these shows and none of these networks have really gone in for doing sports, and I'm wondering if that's on the horizon. So as we only have one sort of player in time for sports in the UK, do, does anyone have one of those uh, now Sky TV boxes? Um, Barry? I don't, <laughs> but I nearly did. I, I nearly did. did because of the... Um, because Sky have still got half of the Formula One. So I was thinking, well, so what, you know, so, so be, be, at the moment, I think Channel 4 is, has taken over from the BBC for half of the Formula One races on the calendar. And I looked at it and it was, well, it's going to cost me whatever it was. I think it was something like eight, eight pounds a month. But you, I don't know whether, I think you can dip in and out, but it, it or is it a yearly a yearly the, thing? The sports part of it, you can eat, you pay for a day or I think it's a week as well. They offer these packages. Just looking at the packages now, you can get the Now TV Entertainment Pass, which is a 14-day free trial for $6.99. You can get a Movers Pass for sorry, $9.99 on a 14-day trial. Or you get your sports, which starts from $6.99 for a day. Then you can get your seven-day pass, which isn't too bad, actually, $10.99. But then you start getting into the realms of a whopping great big $31.99 per month for seven channels. And, you know, when you sort of start hitting those things, it starts to get a bit expensive. You say that, Mark. See, if you don't want to go down to a pub, right, where beer is pretty expensive nowadays, which is why supermarkets are doing so well when it comes to beer. Say I wanted to go and watch the Tottenham game, upcoming Tottenham game around Barry's house, right? He hasn't got Sky. I haven't got Sky. We go around his house. We, we buy a thing for the thing for a day for eight quid, four pound each. We're done. That's it. Two people watching it, four pound each, done. I mean, if you look at it in that terms, rather than thinking, oh, I've got to spread eight quid a day for every time I want to watch it, just make it a communal thing you know, because sport probably should be watched communally rather than on your own, just <laughs> in a dark room. Yeah, exactly. But, uh, you know, so instead of us going to the pub or saying to watch it, which, of course, is even more communal, but you, you're stuck with a load of louts. Uh, mind you, Barry's there anyway, so louts. Hardy, hardy, hard. covered, really. Um, you know, and you sit there drinking your own beer, having your own chats and going to the toilet whenever you want. And certainly don't compare, oh, if you want to go and see a game live, Wow. Two people, you're getting up to almost 200 quid, I think. So do we think, Dan, this is the start for, as I said earlier, what we're going to be becoming more and more subscription-based because if you look at the amount of software we own now, 
And I do wonder if it was the case of operating systems leading this trend for free, so for free software that all of a sudden the software we was so used to paying 99p, 99 cents, $5 for, suddenly we're going to go back to what I suppose some would argue is the original cost of software for being maintained and developed and continued to be supported. And that is a very uh, a big aspect. I'm, I just wonder if people are ready to accept that yet. I wonder if there's still the mindset to say, oh, blinking heck, I've got a Skype subscription, I've got a Spotify subscription, I've got a Word subscription, a Blongo description, Adobe Cloud. Are we ever going to reach a point where people are literally just going to go, you know what? This is all getting a bit too much. It, yeah. it's, it's one of those, well, it depends, doesn't it? What they want. If they use Office every single day, then you know they're also using it for their business, and probably their business anyway. So mm. it makes sense to pay that amount of money. It's always going to be updated. There's all every time I open Office, there's a flipping update there waiting to go. It's a bit of annoying. I wish it doing in the background. Uh, and you know, Photoshop. It's just look what they've done. It, the Photoshop other than Windows, used to be the most pirated piece of software I knew. Everybody had Photoshop, basically had it as a piracy, a pirated copy. But now, for eight quid, nine quid, a month, you've got access and updates, pretty regular updates, to one of the most powerful photographic you know, enhancers ever. Don't worry about all the crappy filters on Instagram and stuff. This is the real thing. This is stuff that they use professionally this is the thing that professionals use and you can have it legitimately for eight quid less than a tenner a month now you know you don't have to buy it for the entire year if you don't want to you just turn it off and back on again i think there is a, a limit to how quickly you can do that but uh it makes perfect sense to me on certain things now when you get into things like text expander i'm that's not worth it to me so i will not be joining that thing and, and and you just have to look at these things as an individual basis. Is Netflix valuable to you? To me, it is yes at the moment. So is Amazon at the moment. There might come a time where I'm going to have to pick one or the other at the moment because Amazon haven't got an app. Netflix is going to win that battle. You know, outright. That is it. I don't want to do it. I won't have to do any silly streaming stuff. It'll just be bang. It's on my Apple TV. Netflix has won. So um, you know, it's all very well and good that these companies want to go off and do subscription models and of course they do because they get guaranteed revenue every month pretty much so i can't blame them for wanting to try it but again just as we were talking about the apple watch and apps on the apple watch last week not every application is going to be suited to that model okay then so quick quiz for you both what do you know and what can you recall that you subscribe to on a monthly basis right I'll let Barry. <laughs> Barry, you want to go first? What, what, what ones that you we can mention? Oh on, yeah. On a... <laughs> okay, so um, Netflix, uh, Office three six five, uh, World of Warcraft. <laughs> yes. Like, I, no yes. wonder we never see you, Bow. <laughs> I've still got. I've still got a subscription to World of Warcraft. Uh, that's seven, I think it's seven pound a quarter, something like that. No, sorry. No, I'll tell you, like seven pound a month. I've got to ask, what are you? What's your character? Um, oh, I've got, I've got about five characters. I think I've got, um, I think I've got a dwarven, a dwarven warlock. I've got, uh, the human thief, um, and a dwarven warrior type fella. 
But thing is, a little while ago, what was really funny was about three years ago, my account got hacked. And I, I wasn't, I was, I was, you know, because I'm just got so much cash, I don't know what to do with. I, I sort of left, left the game alone for a couple of months and didn't bother cancelling my subscription. And I went to log back in. It said, no, you, you can't log back in. Your, uh, your, your password's expired or your password's incorrect. Hmm. So I went through the process of trying to reset my password and I had to go through some security bits and pieces as well, get onto my account. And my guy has got, he's gone up about 10 levels. He's got all this fantastic gear because someone else had been playing who actually knew how to play it. <laughs> is that a hack or is that something better than a hack? I don't, well, I th- sure. I, I don't know. Is it a thwack? It wasn't buying gold with your cap credit card, though, was it? No, no, it doesn't. It doesn't work like that. But um, yeah, it's in, so yeah, sorry, I, I, I did digress. So I think yeah, Office three six five, World of Warcraft, uh, Netflix. I think that's probably. I'm sure there's a couple of others, but I can't think of them off the top of my head. In the webcam, I can see Mr. Madden counting away. So, Carl, how many things you think uh, you've got that you subscribe to? Right. Okay. So Netflix, <laughs> uh, Office 365, Amazon, uh, Now TV, just the entertainment thing. Uh, Don McAllister's screencast online tutorials I pay for. Photoshop I pay for. Um, I also to still pay for the hosting of the old Mac and Four files, although I probably should move them somewhere else at the moment. Uh, let's think. Anything else? Actually, I still pay for Skype. I've paid for the service on Skype. I need to kill that one as well, thinking about it. I did go through the other week and start removing a lot of things that I no longer need uh, and try and save a bit of money here and there. Like it's, you, know, you look through and it says four quid, this is costing you four quid, this is six quid. And it doesn't sound much on its own. But as you say, it, it soon mounts up once you start putting all these things together. But, um, and these things I don't mind paying for now. Like Don's thing is pretty cheap. I pay for it quarterly, so I don't, you know, miss that one coming out. Netflix and Amazon, I'm I'm going to pay for them for a while. I just it's Amazon. I can't have a damn app on my Apple TV because, you know, I I I've got a Firebox, but I don't I just I don't know. I just don't like using it that much. But uh, I'm not sure about the interface. But uh, yeah, you know what we did. Much it. We 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 both missed off the most expensive one. Oh, Apple Music. Oh, and Apple Music. Yes, absolutely. Apple Music. And that's what I was on about earlier on. What can we actually remember that we subscribe to? And I thought it was interesting that we both forgot, or all forgot, that about Apple Music. It's because it's, it's so seamlessly integrated into my, my daily... Like, oh, it's, I, I listen to people on other shows and stuff, and they say it's the most convoluted interface ever. And I'm thinking... How? What is? It's so simple. It's like everything's there. It's just once you know where everything is and your playlists are, and, you know, and people are saying my playlists are gone. No, my, your playlists are there. They're, they're right there where it says playlists. Right there, my playlist. Right there. How can you not find that? It says it right there. My playlist. My playlist is right there. Have you got it? In- <laughs> anyway, but I, I do hear people saying I can't find my playlist, but uh, it's weird. Because it's so seamless, I'm, I'm just paying for I'm just using it. It could always be worse. You could be in a situation where I was doing a bit of a financial overhaul and then just discovered all of this stuff coming out of the woodwork, including domain name registers, 
Uh, I'm still paying for Skype and I've got no way to cancel it. There's something coming out of my bank every month and I've just got no idea what it is. There's no way to contact them because I think it's attached to an old domain name that no longer exists. So I can't prove to get rid of it. So I'm sort of stuck in this, uh, this horrific limbo at the moment. Yeah, I got to stop that as well. I actually, I, st- I still play. Who do I? One, two, three, Reg for some business website hosting thing that I haven't used in about ten years. And the reason I haven't cancelled it is because the only way you can cancel it is you have to ring them up and talk to someone. <laughs> Next up on the list, we've got the Apple Remote. No, Carl, you and me were speaking about this the other night via Telegram, and it seems. Well, the Apple swipey thing has stopped doing its swipey thing. We both thought originally this was just Plex, but then we went into iTunes, into Netflix, and a few other apps, and it just doesn't seem that you can do the, the swipe, um, which seems just, just seems a bit odd. Yeah, so it seems like the old, the biggest thing a lot of people used to complain about was the fact that you accidentally lent on your remote, and it suddenly scrolled across or, or skidded across half the movie, and then, you know, you, most people didn't know how to get back to just where it was. And you just press menu and it goes straight back. But it looks like that has been disabled unless you press pause and then it comes back. The scrub, uh, scrubbing bit. bit. Um, which is probably the way they should have done it in the first place. But, yeah, it doesn't look to me anymore, anyway, on, on the apps that I use, that if you're playing video and you now use your thumb, accidentally hit your thumb on that trackpad, <laughs> it suddenly goes boom, across the other side of the screen. Which is, you know, nice. I wondered why I hadn't lost my place so often recently. Barry, have you got a, an Apple TV? I, I, I do, I do, and I, I'm, I am really impressed with it. I really, really like it. The one, I suppose, the, and the one thing I haven't worked out how to do yet, and you know, to be fair to me, I haven't spent a lot of time looking at it. So I've, I've been doing, um, you know, long, long presses on buttons and things, and you know how to. Um, and swipe ups and swipes down, this sort of thing, to find all these little bits and pieces. But what I haven't managed to do is how you restart an app. What do you mean? Like, like shut it so, down and... Yeah. Oh, I can I can tell you, sir. Ooh. There you go. Oh, I'm gonna I just did it. I'm going to get educated. You take that back. We'll have none of that nonsense on this show, Barry. Yeah, so... Oh, hang on. That's wrong. <laughs> just got the wrong one myself. What is it? What did you press? You double press something. Oh, oh yeah. Right, so you double press the, the little TV icon. Yeah. Right, I don't know if you can, can't see my screen. Can you? From there. Let me um, just I'm put just that up there. Yeah, and then that opens, it, that opens it up like when it's on video. And you can see, scroll through the thing. Oh, and cool. then once you find the one you want to shut, like Netflix in this case, you just push up on the thumb and it shuts it down. Oh, that's marvellous. There you go. I have learned something. Ta-da! There's one feature on the Apple TV that I really do like, and that's when you when you move an app to the top row of the of the row of icons on the Apple TV, and then the big ribbon bar thingy, which is a, a great technical explanation, will change on context. So, for example, it will update the Plex menu to show you what you've recently legally obtained. It will show you what's new on Netflix. Uh, what's it called? It's called, it's called Top Shelf, and it's not... I don't think on Plex it's on automatically. Just go into settings and turn on top shelf and it will appear. But yeah, some of them you can turn it on so it's active and some of them you can't. Fantastic. I, I feel educated. <laughs> really? Because you don't look it. No, no. <laughs> That's because I spent too much time looking at the top shelf. Yeah, okay. 
normal that's not top shelf <laughs> thing is it's not top shelf to me it's normal eye height so I've got in all kinds of trouble sticking with the Apple TV for a little bit longer back on the 15th Apple promotes the live tune in feature on the 4th generation Apple TVs a new feature for owners of the 4th gen Apple TV called live tune in has started again a heavy push now you may have noticed this if you well, if you look at your your um, the splash screen when you do an update to your Apple TV, you would have seen live tuning, a feature letting people jump straight into live TVs and feeds of selected apps. Whilst a lot of the device offerings are games, music and on-demand video, even in the 21st century, sometimes people just want to flip channels and see what's on. It should be a universal feature, but it's not with only some apps having access to the live TV feature. The feature is triggered by a Siri command. Examples given included Watch CBS, Watch ESPN Live, as, as, and as it seems to be the case with many of Apple's offerings at the moment, live tuning would not do a thing for discovery since a user has to be subscribed to the service with a live stream before it comes searchable. So, how are you going to discover something new and noteworthy and uh, find a new show to watch? Uh, well, that's still an Apple problem. So what do we think of this, guys? Uh, are we interested in this? Are we hoping that we might get something like this in the UK? I know we've got a, a few semi-live sort of live streaming apps. To my knowledge, we've got no streaming, live streaming, BBC, uh, sorry, UK channels on. Well, BBC sort of has live streaming, doesn't it? It's it's there and it's baked in, but it is a, a a little kludgy to find. Yeah, but that's not that's not. Well, it is live, but it's not. Uh, well, it's on now. Actually, it does do live, doesn't it? I remember watching Doctor Who on it once. Uh, yeah, it's, it's up there at the top on the BBC app. Isn't there? A, isn't there actually like TV player app that that lets you jump into live? Yeah, but it's not. They're not really official. Well. They're weird. Some some of them are slightly <laughs> legally dodgy, I think, because they seem to cover themselves pretty hard in that um, that EULA that they use. But uh, and I know certain channels moan about the fact that they're they they exist and they haven't been outlawed yet. So I guess it's still legal. No, they, they weren't outlawed, but they did have a, an almighty legal battle, and somehow they end up losing, even though. They managed to keep some channels going by saying, look, we you know we're just restreaming. We're just giving you another way to give access to your channel. So I personally didn't see what the problem was. It's right away because they were broadcasting everything. It wasn't as if they were suddenly cutting away in the adverts and, and, you know, putting their own adverts in. They were, it was the whole thing. So, you know, apart from the BBC where you have to pay a license fee, obviously, um, it was, it's a, it was a weird thing. But, uh, more companies, I don't think, actually, more British companies aren't jumping on the Apple TV, are they? I don't, is there, is there a Channel 4 one? Oh, here's the channel, it's Channel 4 News I've got. Yeah, Channel 4, again, public service broadcast here in the UK, they seem to have chucked that hat in quite heavily, promoting the old Google Chromecast thing. Chromecast is a different experience to a Fire and an Apple TV. It's, it's like, because you set up the stream, you're basically handing off a URL, to the device, and then it's going out and pulling down the stream itself, and that's the end of it. I know technically that's probably exactly what the Apple TV is doing it, but it's doing it off its own back. It doesn't need another device to, to be able to use. You've got Chromecast TV, a Chromecast, for example, and you haven't got another device. It's useless to see. You can't do anything with it. 
So it'd be no good if I bought... And I'd, but also, like for my dad, I'd hate to think how I'd have to explain to him how to use a Chromecast. It's bad enough trying to explain how to use a Fire TV, for God's sake, or a Roku. But uh, it's just one of those things, isn't it? I mean, the generations that we... Maybe the one above us, and certainly the ones below us, they know these things instinctively, it seems. It's just the generations that are walked towards you know, the end, unfortunately. The older generation at the moment seem to be struggling a bit with this this new realm of digital streaming. Um, if, if we make it easy enough for them, they get on board and they love it. But, you know, I always think about poor old, the older generation that haven't got the kids that go around there and show them how to do this thing or force this stuff onto them most of the time. <laughs> it's true though, isn't it? I mean, the only reason my dad's got streaming TV is because I bought him a streaming TV box. He wouldn't have gone out and bought that himself because he wouldn't even know what it was. And that's not to like be disingenuous to my dad. That's not to slag him off in any way. It's just because it would never be on his radar, ever. Because he would just be watching like the Virgin channels, whatever Virgin service him for their box. It's just, you know, we've all grown up using the internet now and, and we know that there is this vast, vast um, catalogue of things out there, legal and illegal, and, and, and how to get access to them. Like, I haven't watched terrestrial telly in about five six years i've all only get my stuff off the internet um through for, for various streaming things like iplayer and, and you know countless other ones uh and obviously using slightly grayer methods like vpn and stuff to tunnel through and get them in the states now netflix i've tried the u.s netflix recently and they cut me off <laughs> so so netflix are doing quite a good job at uh, shutting down these vpn services that's quite interesting because in the news just the other day, they were saying that VPN users are in the minority and they don't really hurt the bottom line. So it's quite interesting that they, uh, they're still doing So what does it actually say then when, you, uh, when they catch you out, so to speak? It just says, we're detecting you're using a VPN. Go away, spotty. No, it, it, it's just like a little text came up saying, we've detected you're using a VPN. Please use your own service in your own country. And that was it. Yeah. I mean, I, I understand why they do it because, you know, they probably don't want to do it. It's, it's the people who they're getting their content from. If the people turn around like the Fox Studios and, you know, Marvel and, and whoever turn around and say, well, okay, if you're not protecting our product, you're not having our product. They've got no business model after that. So they have to, you know, bow down to their overlords. I, I can, you know, understand that. It's just frustrating as it always is when you, as soon as you come into, content and its availability around the world and DRM is a complete nightmare because everybody wants their little piece of the pie. They want to protect their own little fief- fiefdoms. And, you know, it's the customers, us, that lose out. I mean, why was Star Wars digitally released a week before UK and America? UK, sorry, why was it released digitally a week before it was in the UK? There's no reason for that. It's a digital file. It can go anywhere on the planet instantly. But no, we had to wait an extra week till they had it in the States. And sometimes that goes the other way around as well. We get films before the US get filmed. It's weird and it's a hangover. It's a hangover from where, when you know, they had to ship a certain amount of products across the world to get enough in stock so everyone could go and buy it on a Friday morning or a Monday morning. Or to get this, this, the video, sorry, the film reels into the cinemas because they had to get them all back from the, the cinemas in the States to start shipping them out around the rest of the world. 
back in the days when I used to be an e-tailer, nothing annoyed me more that you couldn't get a graphics card or... Well, if you think about it, to games back in the day where a, a title would be released in Japan or USA and we were stuck here in the UK going, well, you know, don't we have the infrastructure to do all of this? You know, why do we have to live in this age of you know, waiting for stuff these days? But that's a, that's a physical thing. See, I can understand supply of constraints on a physical thing. But this, we're talking about digital formats. It's like one file, and you just, you know, through whatever sort of syncing stuff they use, like, you know, BitTorrent, for example. I know they're not probably going to use BitTorrent, but there is a legal side to BitTorrent. I don't know some people forget. They can get their product out to the world. To every single person who wants to give them money, they can get that product out to them. Maybe it's a, um, a studio. Studios have got together, and they've created a honeypot to try and catch some pirates. Say this, this, this uh, digital media will be here for a week before it goes everywhere. Just here. Well, of course, that's the thing. Like pirates, digital pirates and stuff, and hackers, they get past the DR, DRM in about a few hours. And of course, that's out. That's a perfectly digital copy out on BitTorrent. That person who maybe now downloaded that BitTorrent copy isn't probably going to pay 13 quid for it or tenner. So they've just lost the sale. Because they didn't get it out early, or the same time, not even early. No, you're right. So, get, going going back to your um, to your to your dad, then. So, I think it's good that he's actually got a radar, which is awesome. <laughs> he sits here again. Beep. Beep. <laughs> but if you, what be what I'd really love to see would be the the uh, the age versus techno- technological understanding for his. Um, generation and at what point it was he started to think oh all this all this technological rubbish uh, don't, don't order it myself and then do the same thing for us because it's going to happen yeah if it, you know, at what point are we going to be what don't you think happens now Baz How, do you use Snapchat the what now exactly <laughs> right so <laughs> so maybe with us it's not necessarily the actual Hardware, it's more the services because I can't get my head around Snapchat. But that, that, is that not more a a, a, a social thing? You tell so, yourself. So, you I mean, tell it, yourself that. No, I'm <laughs> trying to. I'm trying to. But in, in terms of technology, you know, you, you say, "Well, I understand the technology, but maybe you know, I don't need to be that social. I like to sit alone." You're not. Sit alone and watch and subscribe to football game with me, mate. <laughs> but no, no, no. I understand what you're saying, but I don't think there's any hardware that comes out that we don't necessarily embrace. Uh, not necessarily us two, but our generation. Certain people in our generation would embrace. Like, I can't, nothing really comes to mind. But, you know, maybe stupid things like add ons and pink uh, kitty cat covers and uh, I, I have no idea but I think it more comes down to the actual services where we'll look at something and we'll see no value in it because we haven't got those like tight little clicks that we used to have at school so you know and there's a lot ch- children nowadays it seems to me and the generation just above children they seem to have a lot of their personal stock put in how popular they are like if they post a pic i was sitting when i was going to a hospital not so long ago i was sitting 
on a bus and she was at the other end, the other side of them for me. And she must've taken about 16 selfies all the same. She was posing, taking it, looking at it, throwing it away, posing. And I was thinking, what on earth are you doing? What mind process do you have to go through to have to sit there and judge yourself 16 times to see if that picture you think is worthy to go out on whatever social site she was using to see if it will generate enough likes. That, to me, is a worrying problem. And that is something I'm glad our generation doesn't necessarily have. But the generations down below who have become accustomed to this, and that's how that's their popularity. Like it was us. If you wore like farrows at school, you was, you know use one of the hip kids, for example. And how sad does that sound now? But uh, modern day children seem to have far too much pressure put on them on on these social aspects. And you know, it's not necessarily just local people as well, because like you know, when me and Barry were growing up, all we had to do was maybe impress about six people in our neighborhood. But, you know, these kids have the whole world to try and impress. And if they post something stupid, they get ridiculed. And and it's, it's just crazy to me. I don't understand why they put themselves through it. But then... Well, I still don't get this whole thing about selfie sticks. I mean, dear God, why? I mean, just why? It's At least they haven't really sort of done selfie sticks for iPads because I'm old. I... I don't want to say I'm set in my way, but I I tend to have a certain thing that I like music that actually has some lyrics and some decent lyrics of that and a four and a half minute guitar solo. Otherwise, it's completely wasted on me. But I don't know, are we getting old? Are we just sort of losing uh, losing touch of it? Says the says the men on this. <laughs> say the people on this podcast. It's always going to from a social aspect. There's always going to be things that youth get that the old people don't. And it used to be rock and roll. And, and long hair and, and, and flower power and stuff like this. And, you know, to a certain extent, that exists today. Obviously, different, slightly different things. But, you know, jeans hanging around halfway down your ass and things like this. We, I, we don't understand that. That's a social aspect. But it's just that these things are shared more often around the world with social media. So they become more of a global thing rather than a localized thing. And when it was a localized thing, I, I could get my head around it because it was like a little click that you influence yourself when it goes to a global scale and, and, and these things get shared globally and you can have, you know, I look at some people, some of the younger people I know on Facebook and I've got like just over a hundred friends, I think not because I'm a sad and I say that now and I think, oh my God, that sounds sad. I've got just over a hundred friends, but hang on a minute. I've got just over a hundred friends. That's an incredible amount of people. I think because, I don't see them every, you know, every weekend. Uh, they're out there in various places. But then I'll go to some of these people's profile page, and they have like four, five, six thousand people. And I'm thinking, these people are seeing everything you post, and you don't. There's no way you can know them all. There's no physical way you can know them all. But every time you share something, they see it. Every time you post a stupid picture, they see it potentially. Every time, well, actually, Facebook is trying to say, no, you can't see that. We want to show you this, this advert instead. But we digress. But, uh, yeah, so it's, it's a crazy world that we're now living in. And, and it's a very social world. And I've sort of, like, pulled back from that a bit. This is why I don't use Twitter anymore, because I was just getting fed up. I've listened to people, <sighs> diarrhea coming from their mind. I just didn't care. Why? I mean, I'm, I'm looking at things. <laughs> I watch some people just go off on rants on Twitter and I think, what are you doing? No one gives a rat's bum what you think. 
It's like when you go to a restaurant and someone has cooked you an amazing meal and it comes out and it's brilliantly presented and it's a work of art. And what do you do? You faff around on your phone five, ten minutes or probably not that long, but you faff around on your phone, taking a picture, posting it to Facebook and Instagram while your food goes cold. It's something I used to do as well. I remember taking pictures of my food. And just one day you have one of those naked lunch moments and you think, what on earth am I doing here? And you stop doing it. You come to the realization, well, you know, assume it's through wisdom and, and, and application and stuff. You come to a realization that what you, what you are actually being coaxed into doing is perfectly normal. It's completely insane. And you stop doing it. Um, but, you know, some of these younger people, uh, and suddenly, you know, so, actually some people from our generation as well, seem so hooked and they have their identity into this social world. And it's just nonsense. It doesn't mean... Jack, I keep wanting to swear, but it doesn't mean Jack. It literally means nothing. If you don't want to be bullied on Twitter, come off Twitter. Easy, right? No, it's not your right to be on Twitter. It's a social network that is there to make money. It's not there to make you safe. It's there to make money. I, I just, it's, it's a crazy world we live in. And um, I'm quite glad it's a crazy world we live in because otherwise it'd be very dull. But that still doesn't stop me ranting and pointing out these stupid things that I observe. <laughs> You know, I'm not a prolific poster, but sometimes, you know, cat has cheeseburger. <laughs> well, I think if there was ever an opportune moment to take a break from the Apple News, let's go over to Nemo's hardware store. And this week's John's got a plethora of cables for us. So, as always, John, over to you. Hi, I'm back with Nemo's hardware store. And once again, I'm using the iRig mic studio from IK Multimedia. The microphone is about 10 to 12 inches from my mouth, straight ahead in a straight line as I face the computer, and I'm mostly getting green as far as the peaking with the volume turned up in my system preferences on my prehistoric 2008 Cheese Grater Mac Pro and the updated version 2 of Audio Hijack Pro. So once again, thank you to IK Multimedia for providing the iRig Mic Studio for our use here in Nemo's Hardware Store. At Mark's suggestion, I did order a pop filter, so in a week or two, my sound should improve because of that. The theme for this week's Nemo's Hardware Store is small, smaller, and smallest. Please look at the links for these products in our show notes because my vocal description does not do them justice. The first item is called the Gecko Pod, G-E-K-K-O-P-O-D, the flexible mount for your iPhone, and it is a spring-loaded, here's the spring, the spring-loaded mount that you can clamp in any size iPhone, maybe even the giant one, but I know definitely up to the six size. And then on the bottom there are five flexible legs or arms that can go in any position. So you can clamp the gecko pod to a tree, to your child's wrist, to anything at all. So it can be movable, it can be stationary, it can be wherever you want, but with a very, very good gripper. It works best in the horizontal landscape mode, and there is a way that you can also do it in the vertical portrait mode. Again, the product is GeckoPod, G-E-K-K-O-P-O-D, and the company has a very good website explaining all the million and one ways you can use it for your cameras, for your phones, 
all sorts of different devices, all sorts of different positions. And the company is Zucker I-M, Z-U-C-K-E-R-I-M. And that's their website, ZuckerIM.com slash GeckoPod. And I've been using it in my teaching because one of the students in my weekly iPad iPhone workshop is not always in town. So I put my extra iPhone 5S inside the clamp. She watches the workshop via FaceTime, and then she takes notes and sends the notes to all the other members of the workshop. Oh, neat. It goes underwater. Again, you'll see all this sort of stuff, and it comes in different colors. You'll learn a lot about it by going to the website. This is the most versatile and useful iPhone stand of all time. The price is $25 in the U.S., and again, you will be able to find links to this and Zucker IM's other products on our show notes. If the GeckoPod is small and versatile, the LifeLink World's Thinnest USB Charge Cable is even smaller and more versatile. The company is called Plus Us, P-L-U-S-U-S. They're from Australia, so their website is plusus.com, plusus.com.au for Australia. And we will have the links for the LifeLink on our show notes. Let's open it up here. Comes in a nice little plastic bag. Pull out the package. Where's the product? Wow, this thing is small. Three quarters of an inch by three inches. When it's folded, then I unfold it. Two pieces that are held together by a curly spring. So now it's about six inches by three-eighths of an inch. At one end is a USB port, and the other end is a lightning port. Just happened to have my iPhone 5S here in my pocket. So I'm, you're going to lose my voice a little bit because I'm going to bend over and plug this into the computer. So hang on. So I plug the lightning tip into the bottom of the 5S, leave my seat, go down here, find a USB port on the computer, plug this in, yeah, and it starts charging. So this is an amazingly, amazingly small, tiny, lightweight, world's thinnest USB charging cable. It'll fit in your wallet. It'll fit in your pocket. And the nice thing about it, it's not black. It's a white or off-white color, so you won't lose it in the dark. Their motto is, works just like your normal cable, but it's always with you. It's a USB 2.4 amp charge and sync cable. What's the price for this one? $30 in the U.S. And they also make, hey, an Android version that has the micro USB at one end, not the lightning tip, for the same price. Please look this up on our show notes. Well, if the Gecko Pod is small, affordable, and versatile, LifeLink Cable is smaller and even more versatile. The next one is the most affordable, the most versatile, and the smallest of all. It's called the Pro Cable, all one word, P-R-O-C-A-B-L-E, Pro Cable, 3.5 millimeter, four conductor, MF modular audio extender. Three and a half millimeter male to three and a half millimeter female short modular adapter allows any three and a half millimeter cable or peripheral to be used with any case. Compatible with three and four conductor jacks, cables, and peripherals, $8 in the U.S. from our very good friends at Radtech, R-A-D-T-E-C-H. Here's the box. It comes in a nice small box. And here's the headphones that I used it with. The One More Over-Ear Headphones, recently reviewed by Dale Thorne with a huge rave 
at MyMac.com. It's about uh, two inches long. And the great thing about it is, with my case, I've got a couple of heavy-duty cases that I use for my iPads and my iPhones. There's a very, very thick space. And the tip, you can't see it, of course, but the tip at the end of the headphone cable is too chubby to go in the narrow entrance into the headphone audio port on my iPhone 6, on my Catalyst case, for example. So I put on the Pro Cable Extender. Here's the sound. I snap it in, and I just take my iPhone, and I plug this right in, and it's a very, very secure and sturdy, attractive. It's just the right length. It will not fall off. I used it on an airplane ride a few weeks ago, and it was great. I never needed to worry about trying to pry my case apart, and I was really glad I was able to bring these one more headphones. Maybe we should have the link for that also, Mark. Maybe we can pop that in to recommend these excellent headphones. And I just think for $8, for those of you who like a thick case, an OtterBox or any other thick case from Catalyst or LifeProof or anybody who makes a thick, chubby case, you don't need to cram your headphone jack into that port. So highest recommendation, $8, radtech.com, Pro Cable, three and a half millimeter, four conductor modular audio extender. Thanks a lot for listening. Until next time, Nemo's Hardware Store. As always, you'll be able to find all of what John's mentioned in the show notes. And the show notes are going to be a little bit different this week. It's a paragraph of the show followed by a link directly to the webpage. I've done this because my current podcasting host, well, it doesn't really support HTML links at all. So it's going to change very, very soon. Of course, we do recommend that you go to the website and show your support by buying directly from them, or if you wish, and if you do so, and I know a lot of people out there have done, you can also support us by shopping at Amazon. And you can support those companies by shopping at Amazon. Every time you use our Amazon affiliate link, we get a very, very small portion of commission from any sale. You don't have to tick a box. You don't have to select an option. You don't have to opt out, opt in, or do anything other than use our link when you shop. And I know some of you do. And a big, huge, heartfelt thank you, thank you, thank you for being able to do that. Because I'm almost at this stage now and I'm really happy about this, where I can buy a mixer that will actually work over Firewire slash Thunderbolt that will actually have drivers which will work with LCAP. So I'll be able to do things like getting the balancing right, get the levels right, monitor myself. So all these little things that you guys are doing is going directly back into the show. So from the bottom of my heart, I say thank you. And of course, the link is there at the bottom of the... Uh, it will be on the bottom of the show notes. And, of course, you can go and visit via essentialmac.co.uk where you'll see all the manufacturers, their links, the images, and you'll be able to find out more about the products as well. And, of course, you can find John Nemo over at the mymac.com website. And, John, thank you very much once again. Right then, let's crack on with some more Mac slash Apple-related stuff. And if I can find the thing on the same board, I can play this. I love gold. No, that's for the old one. That was when the gold phone was introduced, wasn't it? This is rose gold. gold. 
Now you may be wondering why I'm playing that music. It's because it looks like Carl's dream of a rose gold MacBook has gone come true to match his rose gold iPhone. iPhone? iPhone! Oh dear, after what seems like forever, Apple has updated its laptop offerings with a new version of its 12-inch MacBook. Skylink processors have finally come to the MacBook, along with improved graphics, boosted battery life and a rose gold edition. From the Apple website, the updated MacBook features 6th generation dual-core Intel mm, processors up to 1.3GHz, with turbo speed beasts up to f- speeds, sorry, oh, blimey. One of those days, up to 3.1 gigahertz and faster 1866 memory. New Intel HD Graphics 515 deliver up to 25% graphics performance increase on before. And faster PCIe flash-based storage makes everyday tasks feel snappier. And looking at the, the benchmarks, it seems that the biggest boost by far has been the new SSDs that Apple are using. So... Carl, to complete your complete pink edition and hopefully buy something and not send it back like our very own Matt Barton, are you going to be getting a something to match your pink adornment? Well, um, it's my phone. It's my phone. It's the only thing I've got that's pink. Um, the uh, iPad Pro is a black, is, is black one. Black one. Every other Mac is like <laughs> just silver. That's why I bought this turquoise cover. To put a bit of colour in my MacBook, but look at Barry's face when I show it. Um, turquoise. Yeah, that's what I'm gonna shut up you. Quite you, but uh, it looks lovely. But uh, yeah, I, I, I do. I mean, I'm not gonna buy one. Obviously, um, it's good they've refreshed it. At least they didn't call an event that went on for one and a half hours just to say, "Yep, here's a new MacBook." It's been a while since. Since well, since the MacBook line has had anything really significant come to it, and I think we all know now is that in the press by the time we're recording this show that Intel have sort of abandoned the the TikTok cycle and gone with more future iterative iterative iter, it. Basically, it's going to get faster and better, but not so much as a massive jump every TikTok cycle. It does make you wonder. If Apple could ever get into a stage where they would develop their own chips and release an ARM-based MacBook, I really don't think. I think they're tied in with Apple a little bit. But I wouldn't be surprised if we see AMD, and I think I've read something just recently that says AMD will be sort of making inroads into the uh, into what was the traditional foothold of Intel. But, the, yeah, the chip, they obviously, they're... Um, like, they're... They're stuck with basically whatever Intel's roadmap is. Uh, and when Intel fell behind, which they have done recently in producing their chips, they, it's sort of like hard for them to, to bring out new machines because they're obviously waiting on the latest chips to come along. Uh, they didn't get these out as fast as some other manufacturers, but uh, they're out. And of course, the power, the, the, the extended battery is mainly down to that chip because it's doing a lot more efficient work when it comes to power management and stuff. But, uh, you know, there's still low specs uh, when it comes to Macs and things like this. But obviously, everybody knows this is not a high-end machine, uh, despite the price tag. I mean, it starts at, well, it's twelve well, it's $1,300 in the States. I'm just trying to, I just realized I've gone to the wrong Apple store. I will admit, I'm I, I'm getting a bit confused with between the MacBook, MacBook One, and the MacBook Air, and it... it for a company that reduced their products down into that four quadrant thing that Steve Jobs did, it's it's not exactly easy these days to work out what Mac is what, as far as I'm concerned. No, it's it'll be 
it, it's again they've uh, this is the naming convention's gone mad um so <laughs> i mean it literally has macbook they've just stick stuck with macbooks and now you know i, I guess they don't want to make you feel like your old macbook's old but even though you intelligently know it is old it's the last generation if they just call it macbook every iteration and yeah you, i've got a macbook you, you know anyone you tell that to they don't know you haven't got the the brand new one unless it's suddenly pink and they think oh he has got the new one definitely what but what year is it yeah exactly not many people that's that's the normally the next question if you get two apple guys together oh yeah but what year but uh yeah I, it does look nice it's it's still a bit pricey for me i i gotta believe that this is eventually eventually going to replace the apple wear when they can get the price point down enough maybe on the next generation because again it looks like apple is sticking with their because all the externals are the same so two rev two uh, two revs and then we redesign it a little bit why'd you saying that the macbook pro's pretty much been the same for gold knows hasn't it um well of course the holy grail has always been somehow getting the getting the macbook air to have a retina display and i, I Oh, it's getting late at night. And I can't quite remember if the does the one have retina or the air? No, I don't think it's that. No, I think that's the, if I remember correctly, and I would go on the internet, but I don't want to bodge off my uh, internet connection here, it's the MacBook Pros that are just sticking with retina only, I think. But isn't, I don't, I don't think these new MacBooks are retina, are they? I think they're just under. Mm. Well, this is IP. Yeah, like 12 inch diagonal LED backlit display with IPS technology. 2,304 by 140, sorry, 1,440 resolution with 226 pixels per inch. So, millions of colors. Uh, uh, they have, so, I think pixels got to be above 300, isn't it? It's, it's all much of a muchness anyway. But, um, but yeah, I mean, they're nice machines. Rick's got one and he loves his. I mean, I, if I. I don't know. See, I think my next purchase is going to have to be a new iMac, that 5K beast. Because my old one's Very nice. six years. Okay. Okay. You don't have to. Yeah, this, old, this iMac's six years old now. And it runs perfectly okay. It's sometimes when it gets a bit hot, there's a few graphical glitches on it. But, um, you know, I say I'm going to get a new one, but honestly, I don't need to. So I'm in no rush. But uh, it was it would come it came down to this a new MacBook or a new iMac. I might see what they do when they refresh the iMac range later in the year. Maybe at WWDC or something in in the summer. Which got a date for, haven't we? Now, well, that'll be good because that'll be time for the Mark Barton secondhand roadshow that's coming up. <laughs> He's always trying to sell me damn things. He's always saying, "Do you want to buy this for XX amount of money?" And I'm thinking, "Shut up, and go away. No, leave me alone. Stop trying to tempt me, you evil man." Well, tell you what, let's have to Barry on this one. Is there anything about the MacBooks and the new lineup of these generation of ultra-thin notebooks, laptops that that interests you at all? I think from a, a network perspective, I'm I'm interest, I'm more interested to get into more into the nuts and bolts of, of the wireless um, wireless side of things because they, they're saying they you know they support A, B, G, and N, but you know the the, the primary one you want to use is AC, yep. which is fine, but the it, it's that you know now now it's like well how many how many spatial streams and all this sort of stuff does it support what's my what's my throughput That's because the... right right now and then again and again it's going to be for the vast majority of people they're not going to care 
But when when you think that a so AC wave one is the current live version, but you've got AC wave two coming coming down the pipe pretty soon, and and that's yeah, that's really starting to up throughput speeds. But but you, but you need a much cleaner signal to to do this. But, but um, so, somebody told me, and this might I, I'm not I'm not sure if it's if it's across the board on Apple devices, but that an Apple device will normally cling to a wireless signal at about minus 75 dB or dBm. I've, yeah, I've heard it's very reluctant to let go. Yeah. So when, when you think that you need kind of minus, minus 60, between minus 65 and 67 is, is good enough data quality for voice and video. Mm. So why, why, why do that? There was that update, wasn't there, though, on the phone at least. Um, it had a service in it where you could, it could go, if your signal dropped too far, it would switch over to cell, using the cell um, area yeah. antenna. Of course, then that generated a lot of problems because people wasn't aware that was turned on and they'd suddenly get a huge bill in from their, their cell company, uh, mobile company. So, you know, you're sort of rocking a hard place there. I don't know how they address that. Maybe make it more knowledgeable that it's there or easily discoverable that it's there and it's kicking in. But uh, yeah, I'm not sure when it comes to the newer laptops if they've also got that feature built into them. But it's not just that; it's not just laptops. Like Apple needs to hasn't updated their their own Wi-Fi stuff in 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 ages. I don't know when the extreme the Airport Extreme came out, but it seems like a long, 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 long time ago. And then, of course, the little one, the Express, that was even longer. I think, um, you know, they're AC, but they're the AC as they were back, you know, a couple of years ago. And they probably need to start looking at some of this stuff, which is a problem with Apple because they've become so popular. It's still quite small, it seems to me. They're actually engineer and design team that they only focus on specific things, which takes their interest. And, you know, we should, we should have more from them <laughs> because the extreme is lovely. It's literally the easiest router I've ever had to set up. You just turn, plug it in, set it up, Get turn, get the app, do a few things, bang, done. You're online. It's um, it's absolutely wonderful. But it's not the best. It's probably not the best router out there anymore. But um, it is very nice to use. Well, it it's always like when you go into a shop and you buy the optional uh the optional extra. It when you buy something in the store that you're buying the main equipment from, normally you're not going to get the best performing. But you think, well, I'll tell you what. Whilst I'm here, I might as well get it. It'll be handy. And I think there is a certain subset. I mean, I'm quite happy with my Airport Express thing, even though we did have an issue where I believe it was like the 2 gigahertz or the 5 gigahertz was clashing with each other somehow. Uh, and I, I think we resolved it on the show where um, I had split off the networks. And ever since I did that, it works fine. But now I've got this odd issue where if I have an old device connecting to the same router that's spitting out a 5 gigahertz channel, it just kills it. Now, I know, I believe that the router will drop down to the slowest speed, but it just seems to absolutely cripple the connection. What, the Express? So I, extreme. I've, extreme. Extreme. All right, so I, I've never actually... So I, I've, I mean... From what I've heard, everybody says they're fantastic. You know that you plug them in and away you go. But you know that that can be said for so many you know wireless routers these days, anyway. But what, I mean, so what? 
I I tend to go with um, oh, what's the name of the firm? It's, so there, there is um, so I mean, you know, Net Netgear do some do some reasonable stuff. Um, I've even used things like D Link if you're if you want like sort of cheapest chips. But um, the extreme, just to let you know, Baz, is a hundred and seventy quid. Wow, <laughs> I th- and I don't think. I think that's the base model that because uh, you can put um, there's one that comes with hard disks in there, and you can turn it into your your backup system up to three terabytes. And I'm desperately trying to find put the price for that as well, but I can't find it at the moment. But uh, yeah, I mean, it it does work very well. I got to say, it's really handy to do. But I I can see it's not the best, and it's not definitely not the cheapest. Well, it's like I said, I picked up one of these ones just because it was easy enough to install and get it going, but it, I just had this really bad problem that it it wasn't so much the fact that the speed would drop horrifically. It was almost like going back to 80211A or even slower than that. It, it just became absolutely, absolutely useless. I had to split off my networks and that seems to have helped. But now I tend to use one router for one speed and another for another speed. In. And I, th- I think that's kind of sorted things out a smidgen. Because well, well, see, Barry noticed more than I. Doesn't, doesn't it slow down to whatever the lowest uh, signal pool is? Well, I know 2.4 so- slows down. Like yeah. if you've got if you've got the same aerial using the same channels, if you've got a two point four gigahertz range on with a five gigahertz range, if you a two point four connects to it, it will just basically cut out the five gig because everything has to come back down to the lowest common denominator, so to speak. Yeah, there's um there's protection is protection mechanisms built in the protocols the eight hundred two dot eleven protocols to protect um the 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 lower band stuff so. If you, if you can get everything onto 5 gig, then do it. The one thing they are touting with the new MacBook, and it's what drives me away from my iPad almost, is the battery life. Because they're saying you're going to get, you know, what was it, 11 hours of video and about 11 hours or 10 hours of Wi-Fi. And yeah, that's not too bad. I, I sort of wish that Apple would really place an emphasis just once just once on the graphics but i suppose if you are getting up to 25 percent faster graphics and you're keeping the battery life i suppose you know what is there really to argue about that when you say video i, I can imagine that'll be things like youtube uh, and probably netflix and stuff like this obviously i don't can you get because i'm not you know you're not going to have an itunes an iStore app <laughs> an itunes store app on that HTC are you so you won't be playing the stuff that you buy from from iTunes which is DRM and I'm not sure if you buy it from the Google Play Store will that work I don't know I don't know speaking of people who don't know very much it's a new segment for the show we've got a new segment that because well i can't help but rant at some people on the internet because they just come up with the most infuriating headlines and you go don't click on it don't click on it don't click on it and you end up clicking on it only to reveal dumbass of the week oh no let's not do dumb because it's a flipping analyst Before we've even had time to really complain about the iPhone SE being old hardware, because it is technically six-month-old hardware, but in a new shell, 
The Dumbass of the Week goes to the article, which is Barclays Analyst, and sorry, Barclays Analyst, careful on that one there, sees disappointing sales for the iPhone 7. Barclays Capital Analyst Mark Moskowitz has a crystal ball that tells him that nobody's going to like the iPhone 7. Investor Business Daily had the analyst issuing a note on Wednesday indicating that Apple's next-gen handset will be an incremental update that won't excite customers. In the notes, Moskowitz said, our research indicates iPhone 7 prototypes do not suggest any significant form factor changes. Well... He's obviously the next German, the next leaker, because he's obviously got a hold of stuff that nobody else has to be able to come up with this sort of thing. In fact, we could almost put him in the Ming-Chi Kuo Awards for having a pot shot at taking a guess at something and maybe, maybe not getting it right. Dear God. I mean, I, I mean why do... Oh, oh, Jesus. In fact, I've decided... That's, that No, let's not go into this, because it'll just get my blood boiling and Carl's blood boiling as well and in, in it's pointless analysts or analysts you know why are you going to trust someone who deals with money for and let's face it bankers don't exactly have a good track record so before we go on to the feedback let's have a look at another news story about apple hires a former tesla vp a vehicle engineering and aston martin engineer so looks like a car might be on the horizon I know I'd certainly get one if I could afford one. Although I've got to say that new Tesla, if I could ever get into a situation where I could afford one, that would be the one for me. It's 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 hard, isn't it? Obviously, they are working on something. You know, to pull this guy from Tesla over to Apple, they obviously had something to t- tempt him with and say, you know, he didn't just come over because he wants to work in that glass dome thing. But but we don't know what. we. I don't think we're going to know for... A, a long while, yeah. I mean, Tesla's doing great stuff. There. I mean, their car, that, that S, is it the S series? Um, that they... One thing that's just sort of struck me is that if Tesla aren't going to release it, I think it's the Model S, is it? It's not the, what, what is the cheap one that came out, or cheap-ish one that came out the other week? I forgot what model it was already, damn it. But uh, anyway, whatever that one was the other week, uh, I sort of looked at it and I went online and spec'd it out and of course... It's so far out of my price range. And then I started looking at leasing, how much it would be to lease it. And then I thought, I wonder how much I can ask Barry for. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, actually, I should, have, I should like think, maybe I need to talk Barry into why he needs a Tesla. Because then at least I'll get to like, drive it for a little while, maybe. But no, I mean, they do look nice. They, they're wonderful machines. And, but it's, to me, it's like the Apple Pro. I'm never going to be able to afford one. And like continue to eat and things so i'm I'm with you on that it, i mean how far would you skint yourself or you know go without twins or like that but it makes me wonder that if, if apple were going to release a car it definitely wouldn't be until a good few years down the line and if tesla are going the rate that they're going at the economic economies oh it's one of those evenings the economies of scale would mean that Apple could maybe afford to go into a car manufacturing plant uh, and release something with, with without really that much struggle. And I, I know personally that if I could, I would have one because looking at the specs, looking at the range, looking at what it does and the price and the fact that for the money, you are getting a really good car. Although we, we're not quite sure what the environment's going to do about the batteries and how it's produced and made around the world and all that sort of stuff. 
you know, it's a decent car. I do find it interesting because I'm looking at this car and I'm not caring about, you know, how much brake horsepower it's got or, or what it can generate and stuff. I'm looking at the units and I'm going, oh, that looks cool. I mean, it's got a big screen there that I could, you know, fantasize about and show videos and play music and, well, I probably can't see videos because that would be dangerous, wouldn't it? But, uh, you know, all the, all the information's there on the screen. It's like, you know, something out of USS Enterprise. That's the stuff that's making me sort of horny for that car and, and not necessarily the brakes and the gears and the power and, and all that other nonsense because, um, you know, it's basically a computer on wheels. And, you know, when Apple, I'm never going to be able to afford Apple, whatever Apple produces, if they produce a car, it's going to be so far at my price range. <laughs> but, um, you know, I'm sure I'll, be, I'll finally be able to write one of those stories that say Apple is doomed because they haven't made a car I can afford. Um, so at least we've got that to look forward to, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's a weird thing. It's just all these tech companies seem to be getting into vehicles and, and automation, uh, autonomous, autonomous, autonomous vehicles. Uh, and it'd be quite, quite interesting to see because one again, the social aspects were more, more interesting to see because if you get a certain amount of autonomous vehicles on the motorway, for example, all obeying the speed limit. I think I heard this on another show the other week. As soon as you get that, everybody else is forced to obey the speed limit as well because they can't overtake. It can't be zooming around. I think it was on MacBreak Weekly I heard that. But uh, so, you, so you get these big social changes. As soon as there's enough autonomous vehicles on the road doing their thing, uh, and you know, it probably will be motorways first rather than a nip to the shops because motorways are a lot easier to drive on. Um, it, could, it could be interesting and... Hopefully it will happen in our lifetime because I'd like to see it. No, just just a, a quick question. So do we do we think, given given what's happening with um, not so much just you know um, like Apple Car, but a lot of other manufacturers are doing this as well, is um, is reverse parking <laughs> going to become the long division of the driving test? As in, you do long division at school. Yep. You never use it again, no. ever. So, you, <laughs> well, you, you do. You do that moment where you have to use it. You think, come on, I remember doing this at school. <laughs> I must remember. Contact the show via Twitter at OceanSpeed or use the contact us form over at EssentialMac.co.uk. Right, and we're getting to that point in the show again where it's time for the feedback and... You know what? I'm going to start. And this one is in the form of an email from Sergey, the developer of the rather fine file pane. Coming into me via email. Good work with your podcasts. I occasionally listen to them. The last one I had was like a month or so ago. I can't keep up with everything I like these days. Is that faint praise there? Is that what literally. Hey, I don't mind. I'll take it. I like your podcast. I listen occasionally when I can be asked. Yeah. <laughs> And best of all, Sega's got a special message that there's a sale on. 50% off to the end of the week for only $4.99 instead of the regular price of $9.99. So pick up File Pain. It's rather brilliant, rather good, and uh, I use it on a daily basis. So thank you very much, Sergey, for that. Your advertising, your advertising comes cheap, dude. Yes, I am cheap. What? <laughs> I don't make any bones about it. I will go to not just the lowest bidder, but any bidder on this show. Well then, Carl, it's over to you because somehow you managed to find a review that isn't appearing on my feed thingy. Right, so uh, 
We got a review in the American store of uh, iTunes this week. This is uh, from Ron P. Wrote it the other day. Uh, the new Mac and Forth show, five stars. This show is great. <laughs> is a great place to find out what is going on in the world of Apple with almost the entire crew from the Mac and Forth show. That there, it was great. Even the soundboard. <laughs> yeah, I've still got to talk to you about that. Um, great job. Thank you very much, uh, Ron. And on a serious note, thank you to everybody who does take the time to leave feedback. It is really appreciated. It makes us feel loved on the show. And, you know, it's it's good to hear good things. And if you want to leave a one-star review, you can go ahead. But we prefer a five-star one. Should we um? Should we share the news? Uh, no, let's wait till the whole gang is uh, okay. is back together, I think, for that one. Because that's, that's, that's worthy of the collective being Matt, together. Matt's not here. Matt's not here and Rick's not here next week. So it ain't going to happen then. Oh, 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 typical. International jet setter Barton is off to Amsterdam on a, open quotes, business trip. And, oh, he's got a life. He's quite entitled to it. Well, we don't know what Rick's doing since he's got his new super stealthy hybrid electric car thingy, but we're, we'll, leave, we'll leave that one to your imaginations. But yes, coming up in two weeks' time now, there will be some very, very big news concerning this show. So tell your friends, spread the word, sign up to Twitter and on iTunes so you'll be informed when we announce it. Right, let's find out what we've all been chirping about this week, because by no means is this a rip-off of Tweet of the Week. It's something completely, completely different. So, Cal, what have you got? Oh, well done. You haven't caught me on something then. Hang on, let me just fire up the same board. <laughs> Look, just be thankful I found the same board. For the second time in a row, I found the same board. Okay, Barry, so what is your, not a tweet, but a chirp of the week that you've got for us? Uh, so I'm, I'm going to go back to what we talked about earlier, and um, Eddie Max. So Edimax uh, make uh, wireless routers, wireless repeaters, and they're one of the few who actually um, do detachable antennas on their on their hardware. So if you've got uh, if you buy buy one of their wireless repeaters, put it put it in a room uh, next door. You're not quite getting the signal you want. You can uh, put a, uh, a a better antenna on there. And uh, to enhance your signal, so um, uh, Eddie Max are my uh, are my pick. Cheers, Barry. And of course, you'll be able to find out more information. And Barry will put a link into the show notes that I will put into our show notes that will be publicly available at the bottom of this podcast. So, Carl, over to you. What have you got for this week's chirp of the week? Well, um, as you know, if you listened last week, I had to go to the doctor recently, and they went. Ooh, your blood pressure's a little bit higher there. I went, oh, okay. Right. So I, I started, I've started like trying to eat well, trying to not drink as much, <laughs> and uh, do exercise. And of course, modern day phones, or the iPhone in particular, we have Apple Health on there. And, you know, there's tons of fitness apps that feed into Apple Health. So it's great. I use um, my run to, uh, to monitor all the walks and cycling and stuff I do. And it all goes into Apple Health. <clears throat> I use um, Sleep Plus Plus to monitor my sleeping patterns. God knows why. There's a water one I use to make sure I, I drink eight glasses of water a day. Um, and then I've got the Wivens, um, um internet scours as well. So that reports back and, and logs into Apple uh, Health 
my weight automatically. You can do it yourself manually if you so wish. You don't need an internet-connected one. But as everybody knows, the kind of the interface that you look at when you go into Apple Health is all just bars and it's very pretty inhuman. There's no character to it. It's it's just one of those things. Here's a load of stats. Make them what you will. So I then heard about an app that's been out for a while now. I think I'm not sure when it came out. Uh, 2015 maybe, but uh, called Lark L A R K. And what this does is once you install it and you give it access to your Apple Health, it will, every time you open the app, it's on the Apple Watch as well, every time you open the app, it will go through and talk to you like a human being, like you're having a message, a messaging session backwards and forwards. And it will say, oh, you've done quite well today. You, I saw you run 33 minutes this morning. That's pretty good. You've done, you, haven't normally, you don't normally get up that fast or do that much this time of day. And you, you just reply. You've got these set these canned responses that you play uh, and you just have a little backwards and forwards about how much you've done that day so far i'm not sure what mine would say if i activated it now let's just have a look so i'm activating lark hope you're having a good friday night and now it's thinking about it's analyzing the data analyzing your data so you telling me it's doing that let's let's see what else it goes on to say nice job on the six minute of <laughs> six minutes of walking you did earlier that was like eight fifty. i don't know what i was doing then obviously i went for a little walk uh uh, that's not a time you typically could walk or go on a weekend. Uh, way to add the extra steps towards your health. And you say, thanks. And it goes, <laughs> you're at two hours, 47 minutes of activity so far today. And you say, great, or great stuff. Uh, you've gone beyond your usual for this time of week on weekdays. You're doing a good thing, turning up the volume today. And it just goes backwards and forwards and it'll analyze your sleep and it'll analyze your, you know, how much you've done and what you did. And it's a really nice little interface that you can feel like you're having a back and forth with a real person. Obviously you're not. And all your stats are also in there as well. So you can go and look at them as well. You can add how much you eat if you want to go, you know, that in depth. I use my fitness for that so I can log my calories and, and, and stuff like this. And, um, it is starting to help work. My blood pressure is starting to come down. I'm starting to lose weight again. So it's, it's you know, all together, it's, it's a handy little app to have. And it's free of charge as well over on the App Store. So uh, go and seek it out and give it a, a, a try. And speaking of the Apple Health, Baz, this will interest you, is there's an app. My doctors told me of an app that now, well, it's probably a national health one. And it's called uh, Patient Access. and what it is, is mainly for reserving an appointment at your, your doctor's or getting a repeat prescription. But one of the options on there that doesn't currently work is if you give it access to your Apple Health, then when you're in there, the doctor's, you can give the doctor permission to see your Apple Health results on her screen. Wow. Or his screen. Uh, so it actually is there. Now, unfortunately... It stopped working last November, apparently, again, by all the reviews. So hopefully someone will go in and fix that at some point. But yeah, so and as it turns out, I'm just going to show my doctor my Apple Health settings this time uh, and say, well, there you go. I've been doing it. <coughs> but uh, in future, if they ever get the app working, NHS doctor, she'll be able to see everything I've been up to, all my runs and all, you know how much I've lost and steps I've taken and water I've drunk and hours I've slept. So it's um you know if you want to get into your health stuff again, I cannot recommend it enough. Apple Health, Apple Watch, the iPhone, it all comes together and it is really quite amazing. And it inspires you because you're always trying because it's the gamification of health. 
you're always trying to do better. You're always trying to push yourself more. And uh, it works. I know there's a lot of criticism about how accurate this things may or may not be. But to honestly, I really, for me, it's all about if it makes you do something, if it gets you out, yeah. if it gets you running, cycling, walking, or does something, then all right, it may be psychosemantic or whatever, but doing any exercise is better than none. And let's face it, yeah. if you're off the sofa, that's just a good thing in itself. So, let me... Let's see what email Kickstarter sent Matt this week. Mark. Mark. Yes, I know. Well, it's just... If, well, we haven't got Mrs. News Roundup at the moment, have we? So, you know, don't think of it as a rip-off. Think of me as, as paying homage to the lovely voice that is Missy. So my Kickstarter recommendation is a is well, it's called the Pictar, which says it's the well, it says it's probably the best iPhone camera grip you're ever going to buy. Quote unquote, unleash the power of your iPhone's camera for much better pictures time after time. And basically, what this is is imagine a DSLR body, but about three quarters of it, quarters of it. Thinner, thin enough to hold your iPhone, but then a nice chunky grip on the right-hand side to get your hands around. You've then got features such as the exposure compensation wheel, a smart wheel, a cold shoe mount, a really nice way to hold your iPhone, a zoom ring, a selfie button, and the shutter release. It comes with some powerful apps and the stand and a rather nice bag as well. Now, it pretty much is just something that's going to... I don't know, it, it basically helps you grip your it doesn't do anything. I mean, but, but it doesn't do anything i mean it's just taking advantage of all the inbuilt stuff it's just doing yeah the yeah the, the buttons do just that but i think what the main point here is is that it's it gives you a way to make your iphone more like a camera so it holds and grips it properly so you can frame things properly and if anything can stop you well, I know I do it all the time. You know when you take a picture and you're holding it and you're holding it like a traditional camera, you've got your hand on the right, hand on the left. Because let's face it, the new iPhone's made out of Teflon. Somehow, in almost all of my pictures, I managed to get my blinking finger covering the lens. So if it helps with that, well, that's not too bad. And the good news is, at the time of recording, there are 1,432 backers raising $143,000 of the $100,000 goal. Uh, for what I can see right now, pretty much all the early birds have gone. So you're looking at spending about $90, and that will get you the Pictar unit, wrist strap, a padded pouch, and the Pictar app. So we'll have this in the show notes, and it's over at the Kickstarter. I don't know. I don't know. I'm not sure that would impress me. 90 quid for a hand grip. Well, it is one of these things, isn't it? What's something for one it isn't for the other? And you know what, gentlemen? I think we have a show. So all that remains for us to do now is, well, let's find out where we can get a hold of you both. Barry, where can we get a hold of you, good sir? I am uh, on Twitter at Womblefoot. As always, thank you very much for giving up your time to come up on the show. It is much appreciated. And hopefully we're going to uh, have you back soon and a, a little bit more regular. And last, but by no means least, Mr. Madden, how can the world, the internet at large, get a hold of yourself, good sir? Well, on Twitter, but I don't read it often, Claw0101, however you send me a direct mess, uh, um, uh, a mention or something, then obviously I see it, I check them out. But, but yes, Twitter at uh, claw at zero one zero one. Claw zero one zero one. Sorry. As always, Carl. Cheers, and especially since it's Friday, giving up your good old uh, Friday afternoon drinking time. 
uh, to be on the show being relatively sober and not drinking. I still ain't. I'm I'm here on tender hooks because I'm about to start on the old vodka as you finish. <laughs> Can I just say though, if if you're listening to this and you use this in the Mac and forth and stuff, please, please do give Mark some reviews for his show because he's been doing this. What are you up to? Six? How many episodes you done now? I think uh, about sixty odd now. Oh, yeah, it soon mounts up, and you know he's still not got that many reviews and. The way things, you know, he's trying to put, he puts his shows together and stuff and he put, he does all the hard work and stuff. And it really would be grateful if you guys out there listening to this or you've come across from Mac and Forth and you're listening to this still, um, to give us, to give him a review, just like spend a few moments to write into iTunes and just give him some stars, give him a, a you know, some kudos. Uh, and he'd love that. You know, we, it makes a lot of difference. Some shows don't, they don't, they say they don't give a, darn about reviews but but we do still and yeah exactly we you know it, we haven't become jaded to reviews yet we've become jaded to certain other things in the industry but i've not become jaded to reviews ever and it's really good to hear the feedback from you know from the guys listening out there because we you know we get stats about how many well mark gets stats about how many people are listening and stuff and it's it's just good to hear some actual real feedback from people so um if you're listening to this, please do go over to iTunes and just take the time to give Mark a review over there, please. And I'll tell you one thing. It never fails to make me smile or grin knowing that someone out there, when they do leave a review, it's just it just blows me away, the response that we get from, from all corners of the world, from Japan, Canada, USA, a couple of, a couple of England. And it's, it's really weird to think that, you know, we do this. We're just here, sat in our room, doing our things into some microphones. And we get feedback from all over the world. And it's incredibly humbling. It's incredibly rewarding. And it's, it's great when it happens. So for all of you that have done it or considering doing it, you know, just thank you for me. It really does mean a lot. And I know the show notes are a little bit ropey. That's down to the, the host that I'm using at the moment. But there are plans to move to a different host. There is one I've got in mind and launching soon. So uh, when that happens, the show notes will be properly featured, fully formatted, and we'll have chapters. No, it doesn't matter. The show notes are there. It's as, as an internal thing. We see them. You'd be amazed what some shows don't involve with show notes. And you can tell. They think you can't, but you can tell. <laughs> and all that remains for me to say is thank you very much for tuning in. If you like the show, please share it out on your Twitter. I'm on the I'm on the Twitter as well, at Ocean Speed. Or if you want to follow the website, at Essential Mark. If you can share it, it would be brilliant. Leave us a review, please. And of course, until next week, next time, same bat place, same bat channel, we will be back with another episode of the Rampant Mumblings. Take it easy, everyone. You might actually put the link in this week. Bye. Bye.